known as a drunkard. He's tired of all time. Ah, oh, my goodness. <laughs> this episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast is brought to you by Too Soon and Beginnings by, by Julian Dion. Yeah, that's right. My two comedy albums, Too Soon and Beginnings, now available for digital download at jdcomedy.ca. jdcomedy.ca. This is my third time recording this. It's Wednesday, September 13th, and you're listening to a brand new episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. On today's episode, Wakefield Sessions continues with singer-songwriter... I may as well change the name of the podcast to the Julian Dion Music Hour, because there's been a lot of musicians. But this one is a great one. You're going to love... You know him. You love him. <laughs> Paul Hamsey is my guest. Today we talk life, we go deep, and he plays a couple tracks live in studio, and it all starts now. <laughs> Welcome to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Wakefield Sessions continues. We're midway through week two, doing this for four weeks, Monday to Friday. Of course, the premise being that we're introducing Wakefield to you, bringing it, bringing it right, right from my mouth to your ear holes, from our humble little place in the hills of the Gatineau into your head. Paul Hamsey's my guest today, singer-songwriter. He's the Fronts Tractor, the band Tractor. I said that like a question. I know that. And uh, plays a couple songs in studio. He's super talented, super nice guy. Had a great chat. A lot of musicians. It's a weird thing around here. I mean, weird in a good way. And uh, so we've had a lot of musicians on lately, which is great. I love it. I love when they come in because I get get them to perform and, uh, you know, I get a private one-on-one show just standing a foot away from them. Paul Hamsey is my guest. How are you? Are you good? We're Oh, by the way, we're coming at you directly from Lemon Press Studios in the Gatineau Hills. Hi, hi, hi. Thanks for all the good feedback. It's coming in still. It's good. Oh, let me do this. Uh, let me get the bin notes out of the way. Email the show, pod at jdcomedyhour.com, facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour, and like on Facebook, or rather uh, Instagram and Twitter, at jdcomedyhour. All right. That's uh, that's good. By the way, some if you know, there's local people here... This is how a, a, 
of a badass place, Wakefield, is people will find mushrooms in their backyards and try to eat them. Don't. That's. I'm not. That's next level brave. That's crazy shit. Because there's a Wakefield folks group on Facebook, and every so often it'll pop up. Like every like six to eight weeks, someone will post a picture from their backyard going, can I eat these? And then they just ask a bunch of other people that know nothing about mushrooms, really. <laughs> I mean, they might, but not like, you know, they're not, they don't have a, a master's degree in mushroomology, if that's a thing. But they just post this picture online and go, can I eat these? And some people say yes, some people go, no, don't. I would never, ever have the, uh, the gall to eat mushrooms that are growing in the backyard. I don't know. I'm too scared. So that's the kind of place Wakefield is. A bunch of poetic, musical artists, interesting characters, and badasses that'll just eat fungus that grows in the backyard. Shit that can kill you, I think. I don't know. I don't know anything about mushrooms. Do you eat mushrooms? That grow... F I mean, I've had mushrooms. You know, all types. Portobello. Magic. All types. And, uh, but I don't know. I would never, like if I look in my backyard and there's a tree stump and there's a big mushroom out like growing on the side, I don't know, nothing cross, none of that wants, is appeal, no part of me wants to eat that. I'll just throw that in the pan with some butter and maybe go blind. Or a uh, complete liver fill. I don't know what can happen, but I think you can get uh, poisoned. Actually, I've been poisoned by mushrooms before, and that, that actually can be fun. Uh, the, I've been reading, or this is the big thing uh, this week. There's a scam going around. It's been, I mean, there, it's being exposed now about these um, degrees that are sold online. And people are going on TV as victims going, yes, I bought a degree for eight grand. Turns out it's fake. I never went to school for it, never studied, never written an exam. I gave these people eight grand. Turns out this master's degree in education is not valid. Are you kidding? Of course it's not valid. There was this one guy specifically. He was on uh, the CBC, the CBC, and uh, he was complaining. He was like they were doing an investigation. He's, he's you know, he's saying, they got me. They and so the reporter's asking, like, what what part of you thought that this was real? It required no studying or, or exams. This is a, a guy, I don't know, it might be in his 50s, I think. He's president and CEO of a company. I can't remember the specifics, but... Well, he goes, I figure this is the way things are going now. You don't need to study or exams to get a master's degree. And he sent eight grand over seas somewhere you wire first of all if you have to wire money anywhere it's it's horseshit don't wire your money overseas if they go we'll give you anything just go to a western union and send us cash probably a scam first first if it if it involves western union or money mart it might it might not be legit i'm just saying so these people told them you don't need to study there are no exams. What we do, we review your life, your professional life experience, and what you've gained, and we determine whether or not you're eligible for a master's degree in education. 
He ne- he needs to be educated, this guy. But so he goes, oh yeah, well I'm president and CEO of this company. They go, perfect. Yep, that's you. You qualify for a master's degree, and he goes, well yeah, this is the world we live in now. Sure, this makes sense to me. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna wire over. You may as well take eight grand, put it in a uh, paper bag, and just leave it somewhere on fire. And uh, he sent them eight grand and then got this master's degree from King's University and turns out fake. Oh, wow. Surprise. Really? I went to community college and I know I know that would be like I would never send my money over. I, I was almost victim of a scam. Actually, I've talked about it before, but it's kind of that time of year. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about it again. There was a the CRA, Canada Revenue Agency scam going around where they would call you, tell you you have outstanding, there's this discrepancy in your tax return and you owe, you know, it was large amounts, like five, six grand or whatever. And the police had a warrant for your arrest. They were out to get you. They're actually on the way to your house. But if you go to a Western Union, again, Western Union, and wire over the six grand, they'll erase, they'll call the police and erase the fine, like the, the thing. So I remember getting this voicemail and I called them back. And at first I kind of was, I panicked, called my accountant. He said, no, that's a scam. First of all, it's a holiday Monday today. No, nobody, CRA is working. And so I decided to call back and I called these people relentlessly. And I got on the phone with them and I called so many times, pranking them over and over that eventually they got sick of, of because I was, it's basically a call center with 50 people and I was just bouncing around. From person to person, then they would identify my number. And then so this one guy stuck on the line with me for a long time because he figured it'd be it'd be better for them if he just kept me on one line, answered my questions or whatever, placated, and just like what then me just keep calling and, and inter- so he actually gave me quite a bit of information. I asked them, you know, where they were based out of, and it was Dubai and and actually let me just do this. I'm gonna drop a couple of those phone calls in right now because it's happening again. They pick geo- geographical pockets and they just kind of go through the phone book and they just like fish and they try. And it works. Some people send them money. And the thing is, they don't they don't take any of your personal information. I tried to offer up fake SIN numbers and dates of birth and stuff and they didn't want it. What they do is they use fear and they get you to just go to your bank, withdraw money and wired it over to them and... Uh, Somehow it worked, it, like a small percentage, but, you know, they have a call center of 50 people making two to 300 phone calls a day. So out of that, there's a certain amount that, that it works. And again, it's always big numbers between five and 10 grand. So they're making like money. So let me let me play you a couple of those phone calls and then we'll get right to uh, Paul Hamsey. But uh, here it is. This is a segment that I've played on the show called Scamming the Scammers. Every day that goes by. Telephone scammers are stealing your peace, stealing your money. But together we can stop this abuse. Please help the JDCH free the people. Please pick up the phone now and help us fuck these fucking fucks. Thanks for calling. How can I help you? Oh, yes. Hello. Yes. Yes, I have a lawsuit. Go ahead. I, I just got a voicemail saying I had a lawsuit pending against me, and I'm just trying to rectify it. Okay, just hold on. Hold on, sir, okay? Mm-hmm. And who am I speaking with? Milton. Sorry? Milton. 
Manson. Okay, just hold on, sir. And you're living in Toronto, O-N. Am I right? That, that's right. O-N is for Ontario. Yes, yes. Now, sir, the reason why we are trying to reach you, my name is Officer Jonathan Knight. Oh, and you kiss on the board. calling from the CRA, Canada Revenue Agency, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, write down your arrest warrant ID number. Oh, no. Zero, zero, dash. One, zero, zero, dash. One, zero, zero, dash. Three, six, three, six. Three, six, five, six. Yes, that's your arrest warrant ID number, oh. okay? You should rot in hell. Sorry? You should rot in hell. You're a scam artist. Trying to steal people's money. Fuck you're, you. You're committing fraud. Fuck you. Thanks for calling Treasury Department. Treasury Department? Oh, I thought I was calling CRA. Exactly right. We are from Tax and Auditation Department. Okay. Yes, sir. Hello. Yes, how can I help you, baby? Is this CRA? Yes, how can I help you? Oh, I have a lawsuit pending against me. <laughs> no. Okay. So, how can I help you? How, how do I get rid of the lawsuit? Do you need money? Yes. Lady, lady boy, motherfucker. Thanks for calling. Canada Revenue Agency, how can I help you? Hello. Uh, my name is Officer Daniel Martin. Okay, okay. I'm just telling you you can go on break in, uh, for half an hour and come back. Okay. CRA, Canadian Revenue Agency, how may I assist you? Yes, this is Jonathan Knight. Yes, this is Jonathan Knight. How no, can I help you? No, this is Jonathan Knight. Yes, this is Jonathan Knight. How no, can I help you? No, no, this is Jonathan Knight. Yes, my name is Officer Jonathan Knight. How can I help you? Oh, my name is Officer Jonathan Knight. Yes, my name also na- my also name is Jonathan Knight. How can I help you? Oh, we're like twinsies. Yes, twins, twins. Twinsies. Ha <laughs> ha. Hi. Baby, love you. Oh wow! You really worked on your accent. Did you did you take classes or something? Oh, she's gone. Hello. Hi. Is this the IRS? IRS. IRS. Who's that? IRS. Uh, Internal Revenue Services. Ben- no, I'm yeah. speaking with CRA, Canada Revenue Agency. Oh, Canada Revenue. Okay, that works. I w- I would like to give somebody all of my money. No. Oh, forget it! And when did you receive this call? This morning. This morning? Yes. Uh, can you please uh, tell me your name again? H-O-R-K. H-O-R-K. Yeah, H-U-N-T. H-U-N-T. Hawk Hunt, right? Yes. Thanks for calling CRA. How can I help you? Oh, hi. I got a voicemail on my phone uh, from CRA. All right. What can I do for you then? Uh, well, you tell me. You left the message. 
What's your name? Thern. Thern? Fern, yeah. Oh, Fern. What's your last name? Arthur. Fern Arthur. Yeah. You know, instead of scamming people, you should take improv classes because you need better skills at thinking on your feet. Oh, really? Yeah. So how many people are working with you right now? 45. 45, that's not too bad. 45 broke desperate people? No, 45 not the desperate people, but the 45 trained people who do who does have the art to take the money out of someone by scaring them or doing whatsoever whatever it takes for for them to take the money. Oh, so you do it through fear? Yeah, whatever you say. Right. Well, you know, you just said you scare them. Yeah, we scare them. Anyhow, as I said, anything we use anything in order to take the money out of the person. Right, right, right. And it's art. Yeah, it's calling art. Okay. Just hold on. I'm gonna get you someone who is best speaking to you. Okay, right? please do. Yeah, yeah. Right, Cage. He's gonna take. He's gonna take fuck out of you. So you can talk to him, please. Sure, sure. Put him on. Yeah, sure. Just hold on. Yeah, thank you so much. Hello. Is this Officer David Miller? Uh huh. Can I? How do I give you my <laughs> money? Well, which way you just want to give me the money? Find find out the way, man. Oh, well, you're the professional. You're the artist. Yeah. Do, do, do you think that we are professional? No. I mean, yes, we are professional scammers. You, you're an artist, your colleague was telling me. Fern, Fern Arthur. We are, we are scam artists. You're an artist, right. You create things, right? You in Canada? Have you ever had an original thought in your life? You, you're based in Canada? Yeah, I'm based in Canada, yeah. What do you do there? Uh, I'm er I earn money honestly. What do you do? So, wh what do you do there? I mean, you you earning money honestly, as yeah. you're saying that you're an honest person? Yeah, you should try it. Really? So, I don't speak Punjabi. What do you think? We are speaking Punjabi? I don't know. So, do you do we this? from here. Do you do this because you're poor? No, we are not poor though, but, you know, we we like it. Like uh, ripping off you people, you know, you piece of a shit. What? Why? Fuckers. Why are we piece of shit fuckers? Because we have what, freedom what, what, and. What do you think? What do you think? How how much we are earning the day? Yeah. Out of your knowledge. Yeah. No, I, it is out of my knowledge because I don't scam you, people. You can't. You can't even imagine that. You can't. I I have more than a fifty per uh, fifty people are working here. You know, each and every one. Losers. Would be. Losers. Shot. All of them. I mean, we are we are earning enough by scamming you people over the phone. I, I don't need to come in person, though. But but why why do you do that? Just because you know this is the fastest way to you know earn the money by we are not coming down to your doorstep. But you know we are not doing the stuff like a terrorist, right? Right. That we are not just showing you the guns and telling you to just you know get out from your house here and just not stealing the money. We are just playing with our mind and we are just doing some mind games here. So you're and doing you fucking bogus people going to the bank and withdrawing the money and give it to us. Right. So that's it's how it goes. And that's how so it's our it's our fault. Yes, that's your fault. Right. You it you're you yeah. have nothing to do with it. That's all we are doing here. We have more than fifty people are working here and we all do the same. And you feel good about it? I mean, I don't know. 
just we we feel like you f you feel good about you know calling uh, a, an old lady and taking her hard-earned life savings. If she's an old lady, what she have to do with the money? If she's just gonna die soon. <laughs> yeah, she could give it to her kids instead of some low-life piece of shit. No, but we we just want to have fun getting some money though. Oh, so it's fun for you? Yes, uh, kind of. And you don't feel guilty at all? No, we don't feel guilty. Why is that? Because, you know, that's the money which which going to give us some pleasure by spending it out. Some potty mood, some, you know, some cars, some, some, many things, you know, involved in that. What kind of car do you drive? It's out of your knowledge, dude. That, that's out of your thinking, dude. You can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine what kind of car you drive? Try me. Is it a rickshaw? Just think. Is if it a rickshaw? Is it a rickshaw? If you're... Listen. If you're earning more than, you know, like $10,000 a day, you know? Yeah. Which car you, you would love to have? So what do you drive? Like a, like a Lamborghini? No, not Lamborghini. Like a Mercedes? Once, once, I, once I'll get, you know, like a $50,000 a day... I would love to do that. I'd love to get one. Right. So what do you want? What are you, what are you waiting for? What else do you want to do? You want to do a phone sex? Yeah, you want let's, me to be a girl? Yeah, do it. Be a girl. Do you think that you're spunky enough? Yeah, do, be a girl. What are you wearing right now? Uh, like a skirt? What, I, what am I wearing? Yeah. And no, dude. <laughs> please. I'm just making a tea. <laughs> What, just tell me what you're you're just making a tea, so you're not wearing anything. No, I'm not wearing anything. Where are you located, honestly? What country? Honestly, we are in Dubai. Dubai, you're making mad money in Dubai. Yep. Tell me how how many people give you money? Like if, if we are just uh, dialing, you know, we have 50 people working here, so you know. If each of them would be dialing for the couple of hundred people, like, you know, two or three hundred people, so, you know, if we are getting a callbacks, like, a hundred of the callbacks each and every day, so we would be getting money from the people, like, you know, ten of them. And if the ten of those people are paying, like, you know, just like a two or three thousand dollars, then also we are up to around about a fifteen or twenty thousand dollars a day. And you split, you split that amongst everybody? Not everybody. Th those all are working on the salary basis. They are getting salaries. Those that make the those that make the uh, the calls get the salaries, money. Salaries. Yes, some are on the incentives. Do you understand what what are called incentives? Yeah. Yo, really. Like commission. You're you're not that bastard. Yeah, you yeah. Understand though. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm not that dumb, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not that dumb. W what else you want to know? I want. Are you guys hiring? You really? Yes. You want to come and work here? Yeah. I could use a little sun, get out of this cold weather. Uh-huh. Do you think so that after you'll come to Dubai and you will come down to my office, you know, you'll be alive? Oh, are you threatening me? Yes, I'm threatening you. Do what you got to do. You're like threatening my life? Like, I so if I went there, you would, ki you would kill me. You wouldn't give me a job. How, how old are you? Hi, I'm 25 years old. 25 years old. Be, yes, I might be younger to you. That's all you do? I mean, you know, call in some random call centers? Yeah. And spending the time like this? That's right. Are you like on break right now? You seem to have a lot of time.
yes we have the rest you know like nine or ten lines we can let our customer know to call on the other lines right You're, you call them customers yes the, we call them customers there we know we know them as victims oh how long have you been in the scam artist business uh, you can say personally about my experience from you know you can say from 2008 December and how much money have you made well that's none of your business though well you said everything else though we'll see uh, sometimes I've been uh, somewhere I've been working somewhere I was on the job somewhere I was in the partnership somewhere you know I mean you know there are some different criteria that I've worked with right but I never counted uh, the money that I earned but if you can give me my calculation the money that I spent you know that's that's also out of your knowledge dude like I can't e I can't even grasp it you can if you want to can you can you just give me money just just because you have so much we don't have so much if we would be having so much money then why would be working over here I mean you know we would uh, give out like you know holidays to our boys or something like that we always need a ten or twenty thousand dollars a day right you need you need twenty thousand we go you need twenty thousand a day to live just give me five thousand go to your local western union just go to your local western union and and transfer me five thousand why would I do that I don't know because uh, we're hitting it off here mm-hmm no one gonna give that no one gonna do that though. Five hundred. Not at all. One Not a single penny. One thousand. Right. Well, you know what? Before before I took this phone call, I was feeling sleepy. But you know, after you bugger. So I helped. I helped you get through the day. Oh yeah. Wish me a good luck, and a God bless Canada. Keep calling, fuckers. We'll be waiting for you. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> Okay, goodbye. Take okay. care. Anything else? No. Sure. Thank you. Take care. All right. And there it is, scamming these scammers. Now, I play that because really the only defense against these kind of scams or phone calls is awareness. Because uh, they're, I mean, you can call the cops, but they're, they're out of reach, these people. And it's just kind of, uh, so the more people know, the more, uh, the, the, the lower success rate these guys will have. All right, enough with that. It's been long enough. Let's get straight to my guest. This is a really good interview. He's a really good guy. He's uh, all over town. You know him. You love him if you're from Wakefield. Otherwise, for the world, the rest of the world, the show plays in 64 countries. I introduce to you uh, the, the affable, the lovely, the talented, Paul Hamsey. You and me below, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need you loose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion, comedy And yes, once again, this episode is brought to you by Too Soon and Beginnings, my two personal comedy albums. Yeah, that's right. My two live comedy albums that I've worked very hard to put out there are available now for digital download at jdcomedy.ca. Yeah, I know you're curious. You hear me on here talking and interviewing, and you must wonder what, you know, what it's like. I do comedy for a living. Maybe you've been to a show. You want to capture that again. You want, to, want a little souvenir. Well, go to jdcomedy.ca and download Too Soon and Beginnings. jdcomedy.ca. What's that? 
What's that? You want a little taste? Sure, I'll get. I'll, I'll wet your beak. Here's too soon. My da- my dad actually killed a rooster once by its legs uh, against a um, barn wall. That happened. That was a real thing. I ran over a raccoon and I cried myself to sleep for a week. A week. <laughs> Here's beginnings. This is weird. I just looked at Reject and he went like this. Which usually means fucking, right? <laughs> usually it's like... Oh, CPR. Got it. Okay. You're not going to come up here and have your way with me in front of my... <laughs> my passed out. You're like, yeah, all right. Here we go. Right. What am I even talking about in those clips? Well, only one way to find out. Download Too Soon in Beginnings at jdcomedy.ca. That's jdcomedy.ca. Do it today. For the last time, I don't know. This avalanche is coming We'll be the first to go Got a message On the table About all the empty bottles Rattling around
Monday morning. <laughs> All right, and here we are. And that, of course, you just heard there is my guest today. He's, uh, well, part of it. This is his vehicle, this, his musical vehicular vehicle. What? Oh, shit. We got another one playing. Hold on. I mean, I could listen to all of them, but... Uh... <laughs> Here, let, let me fade that out professionally. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm addressing it, but it's not even... Uh, the, it's not uh, linked into the board, so no one heard. So that just sounds like I just had a mini stroke there, because <laughs> they're not going to hear that. This what are you talking be... about, man? <laughs> What's going I'm on I'm hearing there? things. <laughs> uh, he's a very uh, talented uh, singer-songwriter, musician uh, in the area, and I came highly recommended. I've known this, uh, this man for a few years. We've been in, in and out of town, and... Um, Again, Wakefield Sessions continues, everybody. So the concept of Wakefield Sessions, if you know, uh, it's... Um, and again, this is rep repetitive every time, but hey, sometimes there's first-time listeners here, so every regular listener, just back off. Just go with it for a second. Let me explain this thing. So Wakefield Sessions, I moved here on the podcast to talk about my life a lot, and uh, of course, I've mentioned Wakefield more than a few times. And so... And there's something special about this place. There's something... It's it's kind of a creative little mini hub uh, in the Gatineau Hills, this little Anglo community on the Quebec side, just north of Ottawa. And so this is my way to introduce Wakefield to the world, show the locals, the talent, the, the people that are here, the people that have stories to offer, and then kind of make, the, make up the fabric that is uh, Wakefield. So, and for locals, it's it's an opportunity for them to get to know people that they see on the regular a little more uh, in depth. So it'll be like, oh shit, that guy, and yeah, now I really know that guy. Paul Hampsey is my guest today, and uh, I'm super happy that you're here, Paul. Thanks for doing it. How oh, are you? Man, very uh, excellent, excellent. Good. Glad to be here myself. It's uh, good to see you, and uh, you are a freak of talent, like a freak of nature, talent, freakishly talented dude. You're around town. You do the thing. That was Tractor, by the way, a song uh, called Ready for Dancing. And uh, Tractor is your thing, right? It's kind of your... Well, it's a collective of the four yeah, of us, I of would course. say. Yeah, of course. You're a brainchild, maybe? I do. Safe to say. I write the songs, yes. You write the songs? Yeah. And uh, so let's get to know Paul Hampsey a little bit. Uh, where where uh, are you from originally? I was born in Scotland, Paisley, Scotland. and No shit. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. How long were you there for? Oh, just a couple of years. But I'll, I'm still a citizen. I have a British passport. You have two passports? No, I'm just a British subject. Uh, oh, shit. I'm a landed immigrant here. Permanent resident, they call it now. Permanent resident. So yeah. you don't quite have the passport yet? No, my passport is British. Oh, wow. Well. Actually, I'm trapped in Canada right now. Is that right? Yeah, because be my PR card has lapsed and... Uh, Therefore, I could leave Canada, but I couldn't get back into Canada. Right. If there are any, uh, uh, what's the agent? Is it not border, but... Um, border uh, agents out yeah. there. <laughs> there are any, just tune out now. This, this <laughs> yes. whole thing is a joke. La, 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 yeah. la, la, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now plug your ears. Forget about everything. <clears throat> this has all, all been a dream. Uh -huh. And uh, we don't need you. I'm not leaving Wakefield anyways, uh, Everything that I need is right here. So, right. We yeah. were talking about that before we yeah. uh, we went on mic. And that's the thing about this place. Once you get here, like I'm trying to figure out a way to just make money online and never, ever leave again. I was telling, I don't know who I was telling. I want to be the first ever Skype comedian. Like <laughs> just get booked in comedy clubs and then this projector comes down and I'll be live from my bed. <laughs> <laughs> from, from your bed? Yeah. Be like a John Lennon bed What about piece, that like, gigantic pile of wood in your backyard? Who's going to see to that? I could be standing on it. Yes, yeah. yes. And pretending uh, to be working at it. Yeah. And then doing stand up. <laughs> Fuck. Maybe I think we're onto something. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
It's a you'd be awful winded though as you're splitting wood. That's true. With the mall, Ju- like Julian was... doesn't use a wood splitter. He he does this by hand, which is admirable. You yeah. should see the pile of wood back here. Oh yeah, I do it by hand and uh, love it. A lot of screaming ah when I do it. Ah, ah. no shirt and I'm all oiled up. Uh, <laughs> well, there there that's a a pretty picture right, right? there. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's I how I could make my money. Maybe I could go on like. Um, Gay webcam sites and gay just webcam, like, yeah, and uh, just live stream me chopping wood with no shirt on, right? But and being funny, right? Right. Be, I mean, this is a big. You, you have to cover all the bases here, right? That's right. That's Oiled right. up, yeah. Chopping wood and yeah. funny, yeah. Make someone chuckle while they're beating off at the image. Oh my, my image. goodness! <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, this is an uncensored kind of like anything goes podcast. Just so you know. Alrighty. Uh, <laughs> So I, I know now, yes. Yeah, yeah, now you know. So if you have any beat-off material, don't hesitate. Throw it out there. Okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll mull that over. <laughs> I may have something, yes. Yeah. Right. Um, cheers, by the way. We're having a cheers. little mad and noisy. Mm-hmm. I've never had this before. This is delicious. <clears throat> mad and noisy was left in my fridge uh, mm-hmm. last night after a little wee event. And no, it's... Those are the best brews, the leftover brews. The leftover brews are... Oh, my God. It's so good. And I, I, I like to offer my guests uh, beer every time. It gets you loose. It gets you kind of just fun and, and whatever, open, lubed up, if you will. Oiled. Oiled. That's right. Well oiled. <laughs> and um, and But I didn't get the chance this morning. I was like, shit, I, maybe I'll run out when he gets here and be like, just stay put for five minutes, go to the, go to the Wakefield Express. But uh, thankfully, you came uh, packing heat. And I just remembered, I think you said something about bringing a cooler on Saturday. Yes, yeah, so when I saw you at Greg Stone's show, uh, I, I was gratified to know that beer was allowed in, in, of your, course. in your podcast. Uh, otherwise, I might have had to. Uh, Anything. If you have black tar heroin or crystal meth, just by, <laughs> no judgment. I won't partake, but I, you know, whatever gets you, all right, gets you there. All right. Actually, I was kind of like, uh, I was pretty hammed when I saw you on, on Saturday. I was as well, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was kind of, I just kind of thought of, remembered that just now. Uh, uh, it was a great party, Greg Stone's uh, oh. band, uh, and it was a birthday celebration. And it the, was awesome. Uh, the community was out, it was just a lovely time. And uh, I'm ashamed to say I'd never seen um, uh, Stone Age Man mm. live before, and those two tracks they did off the top that were kind of, like Pink Floyd esque with the, yes yeah. with uh, with Bethan and um, that's right Anouk Anouk yeah. oh my God that was they started off with a bang like it's I couldn't an amazing believe band, it yeah. I was like what mm. is happening right now it was like do you know what I mean by Pink Floyd esque because they were absolutely there yes. were no like actual orchestral yeah right yeah it was with or- voices with and, voices and Rod on the keyboards of course yeah, yeah. it's a, the the band is like many bands is some of their parts uh, but of course the songwriting. In Greg's case, it's just a he, he, magical. He looks like a mad genius when he's up there. He goes up and flips open all of his papers, and it goes flying everywhere. And it's I just saw like, that yeah. it was an accordion, and <laughs> yeah, it just like yeah. popped right out. <laughs> it's kind of cool. You can't like, practice that shit, right. man. Yeah, it's just kind of okay. We're gonna go into this guy's world for the next little bit, and and who was the opening band? Rishi Von Rex. They were I, awesome. I didn't know her. Yeah, just a little uh, fire plug of a woman on guitar and a drummer. And, and, and a drummer. Uh, yeah. And that drummer was fucking epic. They uh, really fed off each other. That yeah, was it was great. so good. And uh, it was a good vibe in the room as well. And it was really good. for Wakefield those, party. Wakefield parties are the best. The Black Sheep Inn is the best. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just one of those. Uh, I interviewed Lindsay Ferguson and she said, 
one of the top 10 live music venues in Canada. And uh, I believe, I mean, I haven't been to all of them, obviously, but there's just something about the space, the history, the character that it brings, uh, and uh, yeah. and also the community. I mean, people come out for events, especially if it's a local that's putting on, yeah. the, on the thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. A packed, and it's like... It's a large part of it, and it's very comfortable being there. Uh, to, to be there enjoying yourself with a top-notch band, and then mm-hmm. you look around and you realize that, you know, uh, 80 90% of the people in the room, it's a very comforting thing and yeah it's like a paul symes is throwing a house party for us you know on yes a, on a regular basis and just the great atmosphere the candles and the lighting is mm-hmm. perfect and the sound is amazing it's yeah and uh and but yeah i had a, a friend come over on saturday they came early with their like one-year-old daughter and uh uh, this is an old buddy of mine and we got into the wine like i mean bottle upon bottle and so and they left and then i'm like oh, let's go to the black sheep <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and uh th- that's when I, I just now when we're opening these beers like oh yeah paul said he would right do the thing well i another thing i like about the black sheep is the shows generally end about 11 o'clock at right. which point you can wander on down to the cafe which i did on oh Saturday. did you know oh yeah and, did, did a and bunch then, of people go yes oh yeah including no greg and yeah, oh cool his uh, visitors from Australia, and so it was a uh, more debauchery ensued uh, <laughs> back there. And it just it, it's so it's such a privilege to be able to walk around in our little village and for sure go from one party to the next. Yeah. Do you get hungover a lot? No, I like don't at all. No. no, really? No, no. Fuck. Yesterday was such a waste of a day for me. I, th- I was like, what? What have I done? No, I just <laughs> drink beer mostly and. And a lot of it, and on a regular basis, so uh, yeah. my, uh, everything's so in built tip up tolerance, top, yeah, yeah. tip top form here. Well, I'm machine. an athlete, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> back to the well oiled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got a well oiled liver for anyone who wants to beat off on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah, that's funny. But uh, so here we are now. So let's uh, get to know you a little bit. So f- from uh, Ireland. We're, we're Scotland. Oh, Scotland. Oh, Shit, my fuck. goodness. Oh, my God. I just Where did you say you were from? New Brunswick. Yeah, right? that's like So, what if someone says uh, Newfoundland? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Newfie. Yeah. I get that all the time. People are like, hey, you're from New Brunswick. My cousin's from Newfoundland. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, like Toronto is closer to New Brunswick than Newfoundland is. Like, it's far. Oh, you know, that's it's crazy. A, yeah. Right. You're, you're right. Scotland. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And it's, uh, it's not that I'm uh, defensive about it, but I am defensive yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got to be proud, right? For sure, of course. Yeah, no, this is just douchebag host not writing things down or paying oh, <laughs> painful quite, attention. Quite all right. We'll fight after. We'll, yeah. we'll get it oiled up and yeah. grab a couple axes. <laughs> that we should throw up on a gay webcam website. Oh. <laughs> yeah, double the oil, double the fun. A couple of skinny white hippie boys yeah, uh, yeah. trying to fight. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so where did you come from there? Like from there, where did you go? Oh, we landed in Cornwall. Uh, my dad was no pro- promised where Cornwall, Ontario, yeah, which yeah, at yeah. the time was uh, quite a mill town. Like iron mills and stuff? Or uh, no, fabric and pulp and paper. Pulp, pulp that's right. Pulp that's and right. paper. It Along the St. Lawrence River there. And yeah. So it was a really tough little blue collar town, which uh, had the notoriety of being on the border of, of the United States and mm-hmm. Quebec and, and uh, with reserves surrounding the the town so which led to a lot of uh smuggling drugs and yeah and yeah booze booze was easy to get as a kid and drugs so it's a tough little town little blue collar town and uh, yeah it's real, a weird little corner yeah it is yeah because it's not it, a bad town i mean i've been there a lot this year randomly it's really stand-up. evolved uh, the mills have closed and yeah uh, so they've reinvented themselves as a a, a hub for distribution for for big 
box stores type things and uh, also high tech is did people ever think you were native all the time even native guys uh, w- would w- think i was native. yeah because yeah. you kind of have that look with the long hair parted right down the middle and uh mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it just popped out this way man <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're full full-on just pure 100 percent scotsman or i wouldn't say that i guess uh my grandfather is french canadian he was our yeah. connection he went to scotland during the second world war and yeah 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 stayed up there wow could did you pull off uh do you use that to your advantage at all looking native scottish accent yeah, i'll no, be native yeah. no no in fact uh i was here it was here in the village of wakefield once there was an event uh, an indigenous event and i was walking down the street and it was very clear to me that folks thought that i was some stoic uh, native <laughs> indian man and actually i was stumbling home drunk from the cafe down the side yeah. <laughs> and i Felt kind of uncomfortable. I felt like a faker. Uh, right. I'm, I'm not that at all. <laughs> Can you not see the sunburn and the freckles? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should like use um, a conceal like those uh, like a lip liner or something and just really highlight your freckles. Like just freckle it up. Right. Get it right freckled. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get, uh-huh. get right freckled. Mm-hmm. You, were your parents, did you grow up like Catholic? It's, odd. it's very odd, Julian, but I had never considered doing that. Yeah. I know. Really play it up. <laughs> like the Wendy's chick. That's r- like Wendy. That's funny. Wendy. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so were your parents Catholic? Did you grow up? Uh, I, and as a matter of fact, they are. And, yeah. But uh, not in any big way. Church, Just like the traditional. A, yeah, sort of, kind of. Like go, you go at Christmas, you go <clears throat> yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you still uh, practice uh, any of that? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, religion is a bunch of... Actually, I, I should be kinder in my response. Uh, religion's not for me. Organized religion, anyways. <laughs> One can can be as religious as as they what as they like and right. But uh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of organized religion. I'm the same. I grew up uber uber Catholic right. and um, kind of grew out of it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was forced to be Catholic growing up. I actually was. Like, I was really in deep and, like, buying right. into the whole thing. And then I don't know what the fuck happened. It's, I think pot happened. And then pot, I was like... Pot's helpful. Yeah. One of the things I remember, one of the times I had the most kind of eye-opening experience, I smoked a joint at the um, in the church parking lot right before going in. This was, uh, it was like, my early 20s. And uh, I, w- I had kind of drifted a bit uh, uh, from... from uh, religion at that point but i was way into weed uh, and then i smoked a joint in the parking lot but it was like i was too young and naive to realize that i really probably smelled and i s- sat in the back pew and because of my parents are so religious the the priest always know, has are they're tight with my family and he came to say hi because i was like living away and i and uh, he came over to me and i just like hotboxed my car and walked in like and I, I and i would walk in like 10 seconds before it would start just so i wouldn't you know for this very reason yeah sit mm-hmm. in the back pew and he came over and he he shook my hand and then i was like i kind of we both realized at the same time like we because i'm like oh i probably smell and he was like wait a minute what's that smell because i'm probably fucking reeking up the whole church but what's the, happened to julian <laughs> but it changed everything when i was like really listening to the readings and everything and being high i was like oh my god this is a, such a load of horseshit yeah well my the, the my first partner mother of my child Devin. uh the two of us were both raised Catholic and kind of a not not particularly uh, religious way, but 
raised Catholic, and we decided just to appease everyone to have our daughter baptized. Does, and, yeah. And so you go through a little training process. Because that's what you do. You, you do it for others, really. You we we kind of did it for yeah. others, yes. But uh, so here's our little angelic daughter. She's whatever, three or four months old, however. Yeah. And uh, you couldn't find a cuter little thing in the world. And the priest comes along, and he's he's got the oil or whatever, water, and... He's, he's saying something like, I'm casting out Satan, the prince of darkness, from this child. And I, I was like getting right riled up there. Yeah. Get the fuck away from my kid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's not in that kid. Right, yeah. <laughs> and never will be. So uh, yeah. I, I, that was the the final spike. In the, yeah, there's thing. certain things where it's just like, so they say if before baptism, if they go to heaven, they don't go to heaven. They just have these babies in limbo and like purgatory or something. It's like, how's that um, right? Like this pure, mm-hmm. pure thing that's never done a thing in its life. And then, yeah. Anyway, we just lost half of our Catholic listeners. And <laughs> <laughs> we've bored all the other half. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. No, I think, I think people are interested by it. But uh, sorry, mom, if you're listening. I don't think she listens. I hope not. If you're listening to this mother, turn it off now. Turn just. I'm going to wait for you to do it. And Ma, Ma, Ma if you're there, uh, may God forgive me. <laughs> and Julian. <laughs> yeah. And may the Lord uh, shoo away the devil in both ways. Shoo away? I don't think that's a religious term. <laughs> I, think that's a I think you said cast out. Cast out. That's yes. the one. Shoo, uh-huh. uh-huh. shoo. <laughs> devil in you. <laughs> shoo doesn't sound harsh enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Make it harsher. Yeah. It's like, shoo, you old devil. Shoo. Get out of here. Uh, so you grew, up, <laughs> you grew up in Cornwall. Yes. And well, and uh, but it. But is as this, soon is as I could, I got. Oh, no, okay, as soon as I could, I. Uh, I got out of there. I think I left at twenty. And yeah, how was how was it growing up there? Like people thinking you're native and that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. I like people. I get along with people. Uh, mm-hmm. It was all good. Yeah. It was, as I say, uh, very much. A, it, it's a rough town, and I guess I had a ran with a rough crowd. Like. Right. Were you bikers play- and dopers and drinkers and party yeah. party? That's folk and, all the fun people, the yeah. fun folk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of those groups, I'm like, check, check, check. I would exactly, hang out with yeah. them any day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bikers have this reputation. Even Hell's Angels, like, to, they'll fuck you up. If if you don't disrespect them, they won't. They actually contribute to the communities that they're they're in a lot of times. And yeah, it's like, yeah. well, I've been to events, and uh, I mean, you couldn't find a skinnier, whiter little friggin' dude than me. I don't yeah. have a tattoo or a piercing or anything, and. Uh, I could walk around there and be totally treated with respect and kindly. One hundred percent. And, and uh, it's a very yeah, it's a it's a community. I mean, for sure, uh, you can buy into their uh, politics or not, and I don't, yeah. of course. And yeah, yeah. I just go follow the party, and if you have a guitar, it's actually a real passport to. Uh, I bet a lot of events. Is that why you got into music? Because it was kind of like this connect to to people. Or? No. Do you no. come from a musical family? No. Uh, well, I mean, everyone loves music. My mom did sing in uh, plays, etc. Yeah. Uh, musical plays in the local theater troupe. But no, I just picked it up. Uh, I picked up harmonica actually first. And uh, is that right? And then At what age? I guess about sixteen, and then got a guitar about eighteen, which is late for uh, to to be doing that, but. Especially to reach the caliber that you are, because you're I awesome. have no caliber, no, no. I'm still at the campfire caliber. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of a basic guitar player, which is... Uh, I've You get it done, because is that what you... How, like, what's the songwriting process for you? Do you write the music first or the lyrics first? or It, it can happen various ways. Uh, I, it, to be honest, I don't really control it. Uh, I could be noodling on guitar and a, a little melody will come along and... 
and uh, that'll stick in my head and I'll, I'll just expound on that and, and turn that into a song or it could be a phrase or even a line that someone says uh, that can That's your jumping ev- off evolve point, into, right. yeah, but, but what those jumping off points are, I, I don't control, I don't really know. It's like yeah. when, the, when the muse comes upon you. Right. Yeah. And is it? Do you, do you see it that way where you're just kind of conduit to it, yeah. and whenever it happens, Absolutely. it happens. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. funny, eh? Because it's like almost if you sit down with a blank piece of paper and go, "I'm going to write a song," it doesn't happen. No. And then, but if you're just living your life, filling the well, doing regular shit, mm-hmm. then something happens, it clicks, and yeah. then you kind of go, "Oh, this is something." You feel it. You like feel it in yeah. your gut because it's yeah. the same for comedy. It's the same for writing right. bits. Mm-hmm. I respect people. Some people can sit down with a blank legal pad and go okay what's funny and just write jokes right. that's like a skill but for me i'm the same way i just have to live life then something happens then i'll write myself a little or a voice memo or send myself a text with a couple of keywords mm-hmm. but then do you find like you have to write away at least soon oh yeah there'll be many times uh, while while i'm practicing on my own which usually involves drinking and smoking uh, where I, I'll come up with something brilliant. I'm convinced it's brilliant. And uh, I, I just say to myself, don't forget this, don't forget yeah. this. Because I don't write anything down. I, right. I, I just try to... Remember? I write, I write songs in my head, I guess. Is uh, that right? Because so, I find that like so you can lose it sometimes. because You can lose it. So you do take a chance of uh, losing it. Yes, you you yeah. go, um, I won't forget this. This is so good. I won't yeah. forget it. I'll remember it. And you rely on memory. Then the, you know a day goes by. You're like, shit, what was What's that? that? Yeah. It was so, I felt oh, like it was so good at the time. Yeah, that, that does happen. Yeah. I've, I've lost a couple that way. On the other hand, on the occasion where I've written a line down, usually in a drunken stupor mm-hmm. of happiness and joy, I'll write something down that I think is absolutely brilliant, a little line, and I'll find it crumpled up on top of the fridge. You know, a week or two later, I'm like, what the fuck was that? What <laughs> yeah, is yeah. This doesn't make any exactly. sense. Yeah. You need to At do the it. time, you thought it was profound. Uh, At the time, you go, I'll write these three keywords, and it'll I, trigger this amazing song. Exactly. I'll remember it forever. And yes. then you open it, you're like, Eagle Clock Farm Cheese. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? What, what does that even mean? Oiled up wood chopper. What? Yeah. The fuck? Well, we all know what that means. We'll oh, never yes, forget uh, that. Oh my god! What an achievement! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to myfreecams.com and oh, open my, this oh afternoon. <laughs> That's the thing about me. I was talking to Pat Marr about this, and and if I knew that would make me a bunch bunch of money, I would do that in a second. Like I'm not above selling out or right, selling my right. body out online, uh-huh. as long as no one's actually touching it or whatever. Like people can do whatever they want with my image. That's right, fine. Right, right. If it pays the bills. Where are you when it comes to selling out? I fucking sell out in a moment. Right? Yes. <laughs> Did you exactly. see my car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people that don't sell out, I don't think are very honest with, with themselves or say they would never. I know I have integrity. Or they have a husband or a wife with a really great job. Totally. They have access to a lot of money at some That's point. Right. or yeah. They don't yeah. feel stuck. Because I'm the same way. Because in my industry, the big example of that is like Larry the Cable Guy. Because he used to be, his name is Dan Whitney and he used to be, I think Whitney, I should, uh, no, fuck. What's his last name? I can't remember, but before he became Larry the Cable Guy, he was this really thought-provoking, deep comic. He was a comics comic, and people really... like Comedians would watch him because he had these ideas and it would expand... And uh, and then he started in chunks doing Larry the Cable Guy. He'd do like two minutes as this character. You get her done. He doesn't even have that accent at all in real life. Right. 
And someone told them, you have to do a full hour as Larry the Cable Guy. And it started. And then next thing you know, he's making $56 million a year. And then people rag on him. They go, yeah, he fucking sold out. I'm like, are you kidding me? If you give me $56 million, I will pretend to be like any, pretty much any, anybody. I'll do anything. I'll do it for $56. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're whores is what we're saying, well, internet. You know, <clears throat> I'm sure you're the same. I, I, I don't really care about money all that much, but I just would like to pay the fucking bills and, yeah. not, and not be worried all the time. That's the, would be, that's, that's it. the thing. I'd it just so makes happy. it easy. Yeah. It does make life easier. Mm -hmm. It does. And then you can worry about other shit. I, I wonder at that. Would yeah. you? Because uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think if you're conditioned I, to worry, you just worry about other stuff because I've had periods of my life where I, you know, go through, re I'm doing really well financially that I yeah. don't have that to think of. And I find something else. Yeah, I'll really? wake up in the middle of the night and go, fuck, am I dying? And for some reason, <laughs> for some reason. Wow. I think I'm just conditioned to worry for some reason. Hmm. I, I, I think I'm a worrier as well, but uh, yeah. I don't worry that I'm dying, Julian. No. <laughs> yeah. No. What's the secret? What do you do? How, how, how? <laughs> Hello, do you need another beer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually so much go to sleep as pass out, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you drink like all day, every day sort of thing? No, like, no, no, yeah. no. It's a carrot at the end of the stick of the work day. I mean, right. but uh, yeah, so I'm off work this week, which is why, yeah. why this is an anomaly. What, but, do you, what uh, do you do on the side? On the side, I do a lot of gardening. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's I'm good. Gardener, I like gardening. Seasonal? Seasonal. So what do you do in the winter? Well, actually, I've been working with the municipality of Lowe uh, on their roads crew. No way. Yeah, oh, so cool. That's been fun. It's, uh, what are the hours of that? So, 6.30 to 3.30. Okay. And so then you're off at uh, noon on Fridays. That's awesome. It's been a great job. A yeah. real learning curve for me. All the, the lads that I've been working with are very adept at uh, machinery of any sort. And yeah. I'm, I'm like a flowery little orchid up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these guys all grew up on the farm and they just no machinery and uh i i don't and but i've been learning it so i've been uh, i particularly like tobacco i'm on the backhoe quite a lot well uh, what do you what do you do when you have like um a gig do you because it takes I've, I've found this it takes a, a special kind of person and a, an insane amount of energy to be able to do music or comedy yeah, and have does, a day yeah. gig yeah because it's so easy to just work all day and just go, fuck, I'm just going to go to bed, stay home, have yeah. a dube, have a beer. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do you find, like, when you have gigs, are you, like, the, of the type, like, when you have a gig, it's there, you have to do it, obviously, so you... Um, well, I like gigging. I, I particularly like gigging with the band. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, there's that camaraderie on stage. It's undeniable, and and it's why you do it. Uh, it. It's the reason you go through all the work, but I do work at it. I When I get home from work, I smoke half a doobie and pick up my guitar and yeah play it for two hours on a daily basis so you practice every day pretty much yeah yeah I th yeah that's i think that's that's the key i mean i listen to uh, howard stern all the time and he'll interview like rock legends like a i don't know like a steve perry or somebody and that's the thing that they all have in common they still practice two three hours a day every day yeah like they never ever stop it's doing that, that. Ten thousand hour theory you right. know that if you're gonna get good at anything anything like comedian or yeah wood chopping whatever whatever your gig is you have to practice it. yeah yeah i just realized you said wood chopping what's uh so what inspired you to pick up a harmonica at the age of 16 parties yeah parties yeah, it's a good campfire yeah it's portable and, and oh well my dad had there was harps around the house and my dad played harmonica and so they were there yeah and i started picking them up and realized uh early on that uh 
it's a good way to make friends if you're yeah. playing an instrument. Because you can accompany, with a, with a G <coughs> harmonica, you can pretty much accompany anything. If you're into uh, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, that yeah. music of that ilk, yeah, you can go far with the G harp, yeah. Yeah, and did you uh, did you just learn by ear, teach yourself? Yeah, yeah. guitar, harmonica, just yeah, all just on my own, and it really shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not giving yourself enough credit. Well, you just, uh, I, I don't know. Your your own style evolves out of it for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I mean the harmonica. There's so many sounds that you can make out of a harmonica, whether you're blowing it's a in very or out. Versatile and, yeah. instrument, actually. Yeah. yeah so it's mm-hmm. hard to listen to, to like to learn by ear something like that can make so many different sounds at just a fraction of an inch. Either way, it's a completely different sound. Whether you're drawing air in or blowing air yeah. out, it's different, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. so. There's. Give yourself credit, Paul Hamsey. That, that's well, I, I, I just kind of, while I was learning it, uh, thought in my head to create the melody as though you were whistling. You know, if you can whistle a little melody. That's a good and point. And then I just translated onto the harmonica. That's a good point. Because whistling is, <coughs> whistling is underrated. People go, oh, you whistle, sure, that's fine. Everybody can whistle. But to actually whistle, you can do yeah. little solos in a song. Oh, no, yes. I, I'm a, quite a whistler. I like yeah. whistling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, While I'm at work, yeah, certainly. Uh, and it is. It, you can... Whistling is very versatile as well. It really is. Did yeah. you ever? Did you get that from somebody, or is this just something you? It, just from my inner cheeriness. Yeah. From your inner cheeriness. Yeah. Because my, my father was a big whistler, and oh, I, yeah? I've was I've, he a cheery man? Be yes, yes, totally, one hundred percent. Great mood all the time, mm-hmm. no matter what. He's he's a great guy, and uh, I kind of picked that up from him, and that's my default. If I'm in a situation where I'm nervous or something, I just right. start whistling. It's right. just like I go to it all the time. But give me any song, I'll fucking give you a whistling solo in there. You right, know, like yeah. I never heard. So you got yeah. the music in you. That's that's what I've taken to. I'm getting older now, and my daughter has pointed this out that I hum all the time now, mm-hmm. and I find myself even you know grocery store lineups humming, and because I've been playing music and working. In loud uh, environments, uh, I'm part. I'm getting deaf, so I guess I loud. I hum quite loudly, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. starting to get the uh, raised eyebrows. I'm going to become that eccentric uh, yeah. guy. In the- well, you're probably good at throat singing. I'm just kidding. I always said the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, when you picked up a guitar, was it for the same reasons, like campfires, kind of just uh, because it got attention in a way, uh, or no. as a defense mechanism for I nope. don't know. No, nope. none of those. It was. Obviously, I was around friends who were playing, and uh, I just wanted to make the music. I I wanted to make those sounds and and write songs. I think I was writing songs, not that they came into fruition, but yes, I was writing songs before I even played guitar. So you just have these kind of lines in your head, these melodies randomly. I I like words. I read a lot, and yeah, yeah, I like the the uh, the idea of the minstrel and the balladeer, and you know, the storyteller. Mm-hmm. All of that, and I also in the in the early days of songwriting, I I would always I would often write sad songs. So I really like bringing emotion uh, out of people and myself or other people. And and where for, do you think that comes from? That ability to to write song. Do you think it's anything that you've lived through, or do you think you're just born with it, or do you think you just I don't know. Ah, I don't. I guess it would be a combination of those things: mm-hmm. uh, your life and the life you've read. But you, I certainly think you have to have empathy. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. What What was what age were you when you wrote your first song? Do you remember? Well, uh, 
Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know. I feel like I'm at a therapy session here. <laughs> this is what it is. We go deep. <laughs> uh, we're going deep right now. Uh, I don't know. I guess about 14. Yeah. Yeah. And But just not on paper or anything? Just kind of in your head? No, I would write little poems and I had this little notebook and I would write poems. And Yeah. Well, if you can write poetry, you can write music. <clears throat> You have an edge, actually, if you can. An edge, right. Yeah. Starting point, anyways. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Good music is good poetry. Yeah. And vice versa. Although nowadays I tend to avoid rhyming words. Mm-hmm. Uh, some songs, it, it, it lends itself to that, but it, I don't try to uh, rhyme words. I don't right. make that a point. Yeah. Just the opposite, actually, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Trying to not rhyme. Yeah. Well, it's some, it's sometimes and avoiding it's, the cliches, of course. That's right. Something is too easy. Sometimes it's just too easy when it's a single syllable, uh, you know, rhyme and mm-hmm. then rhyme and then the same. It's like okay, that's just you're Been trying. Done. Yeah, it just comes across as trying too hard, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. You said you're a storyteller, so maybe that's your style, kind of right, like a story and an arc and a. Again, it, I just some songs are stories, and some songs I I. I, they're complete and they're finished and even I, I couldn't even tell you myself exactly what it's about or not all all, all aspects of it you know it's just yeah uh, um, it's not a straight ahead narrative I guess and and that's the beauty with art I mean it, it's up for interpretation and and, and, pe- and all the songs even the story songs I would hope that the listener takes their own story from it it's for sure. I'm not trying to uh, impose my story on yeah so when you play live, when you introduce a song, do you leave out certain details or do you just kind of... Because sometimes you could go too specific maybe if you're performing yeah. something live and then yeah. you instill this thing in them where they have to go this certain route, which maybe they don't have to take that path if mm-hmm. you're a little more vague. I guess I'm vague. Uh, you you want to try to be funny and engaging between songs. I, personally, I find that the toughest thing about performing is the between song pattern. Is that right? It's, because you can practice your songs over and over and do... But you can't practice really. You can have a riff, I guess. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's like a comic that it, uh, uh, it's just occurring to me now that maybe I could practice it, but yeah. uh, it may get stale for those who see multiple shows. But for the most part, it's off the cuff, and uh, it's very difficult when you're tuning. You're thinking about what the last song, the right, the tempo of it, and the key. And so the next song's got to be a different tempo, different key. Or are we going to follow that tempo and keep yes. people on the dance floor? Uh, somebody's out of tune, usually me, uh, and you got to be funny and talk and uh, all these things while trying to play the song. That there's a lot of to. moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts, and so the, the, the between song powder is not doesn't come so easily for me. Well, if it makes you feel better, whether it comes easier or not, it's it's when it comes to musicians, and I'm not a musician, so I'm not, I'm not, not to say, but... Because, you know, I'm a comic, so when people come to a show, they expect funny. I mean, that's mm-hmm. they go, yeah. okay, we're going to pay 22 bucks here, and yeah. this guy's going to make us laugh. We can't wait. We're excited. Right. And if it doesn't come every 20 seconds, they go, this guy sucks. Well, in music, your talent, okay, you're, you're a super talented guy, so you're playing. People connect to the music, and they don't necessarily expect humor. So in, the, in, the, in between, right. it doesn't need to be formulated like a setup punch or anything. Anything yes. you say... They're going to be latching on and fucking loving and laughing hysterically because you just brought them on this emotional journey for three minutes, three and a half minutes during Uh the song. 
they're hanging on to your every word and then you can just say the lightest little thing and then boom it, it kind of pops so as a comedian watching musicians i'm like oh fuck you guys are so lucky got it so easy yeah because uh, yeah <laughs> really for sure for sure so so maybe that'll help you to uh, well, not feel so much pressure because it, it does help actually to be honest it, that's a good insight uh, it re- trust me it's like and i can't wait to the next time you're doing uh, your show uh, at the yucks and i'll hand you a guitar uh, for between <laughs> yeah. your comic riffs yeah. and you can do a wee song yeah i'll just play a g an E and a D and people will be like oh my god look at that yeah, he's so talented Eric Clapton oh right god, here yeah. in front of our very eyes <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it does work both ways that's hilarious alright so you're, you're growing up just to go back a little bit on the timeline you're growing up in Cornwall you, you, you pick up the harmonica you're like writing a little bit of songs you pick up the guitar what was your first band? first band jeez well I, I guess I was uh, performing on my own, mostly guitar and harmonica and doing solo shows. Solo shows, yes. But uh, that's a skill <clears throat> to be able to sing, play the har- harmonica with the had the clamp around yeah, the thing. Yeah. And that's a, that's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. But I was very fortunate uh, when I moved to Ottawa to uh, come across this bookstore in in, in the Byward Market. I was only in Ottawa a few years before moving back out to the country, but during that time, uh, it was insightful and met a lot of super cool people. Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, my uh, my friend, my friend now, Richard Fitzpatrick, had a bookstore, a used bookstore on Dalhousie Street in Ottawa. And after hours, this place was a hub for for musicians and drug addicts and alcoholics and uh, we would just and intellectuals. Everyone was kind of vetted to be f- smart and funny and right. talented. And uh, we would have these just wild parties uh, in his bookstore in downtown Ottawa after he closed. They'd go into the wee hours. Was it like a BYOB sort of thing? Or? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. BYOB and BYOD and <laughs> yeah. BYO, bring everything, bring whatever you got, just bring it, throw it into the pot, and, uh, uh, yeah. and just crazy partying. But uh, with the emphasis on original music for the most part. Uh, oh, that's was, cool. It was a very... Um, it's kind of like a safe space to just... Yeah, to do drugs and uh, play music. And play originals and... Yeah. Not yeah, f- play not originals. feel like whatever. Like, you know, there's... Mm-hmm. Me, that's expected. It's like no matter what, you do originals. Because yeah. I imagine sometimes when you start playing live, it's hard to get away from the covers. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's a real thing. Uh, I do play in a cover band, Seed Hill Road. I have for years and still do. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun... I enjoy it very much, but uh, people get up and dance. They know the songs. People get up connects. and dance, uh, but yes, it's that immediate connection that uh, you know. Oh, I know that song. I know that riff, and and people really like that and enjoy that. But as a musician, I I get very tired of playing unfulfilling Black Magic, creatively. Woman, Santana, yeah. you know, over and over and over. Uh, creatively, it's not fulfilling. So, mm-hmm. Tractor uh, is very much, with the help of uh, my friends, uh, very much a vehicle for original music and uh and we most gratifyingly do get the crowd up dancing for for our shows and it's just a big dance fest for the most part and well uh, how long have you guys been together as tractor i guess four years now yeah about four so years, people yeah. know you they're knowing you, they, <clears> they know, know the songs, songs yeah. right and i did the sunday nights at the cafe uh so people uh, uh, we're lucky to have some loyal uh folks that uh that, that come out and support all the time and they yeah. know the songs and uh it, it kind of if a f- one or two or a few people know the songs, it kind of just evolves into a, a crowd sure. thing, and it, it's it's so fun. Do you find at first, when you first ever break out the originals, do you sandwich them in between covers sort of thing? 
Uh, yes, that that was the case now, but Tractor now is mostly it's, it's exclusively it's original, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, but so now we've we have I've been adding a new couple of three new songs, and uh, I find uh, not only for myself but for the other guys when they come up in the set list because of the new uh, the new part of it, it, it's they're very energetic and fun and uh, they're they're dynamic and that's awesome. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's a great thing. It's always fun playing new material. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, that's you, it. You do get a kind of juiced yeah. uh, on it because yeah. it's like okay, we're introducing this and you're excited about it because you just created it and it's that's like right. this little. It's like a child you're watching run for the first time. Yes. And you're like, oh my god, there he goes. And and you know when you're live as a comic or a musician, if things are fluid, you know there's not a set to uh, rote to things. So yeah. It's very fun to see songs evolve and and move on stage, and, oh, and it's yeah. magical. You know, there's sometimes that uh, there's many moments actually with his band where I, I'm just so happy on stage and so yeah. gratified to to be amongst this music. That's you know? great. It's great that you can still be present and and you know gratified, like you said, and feel good about. Well, I things. do that more and more. I I I I have come to realize that I'm not never going to be that performer who's dancing around or doing the mule kicks or just uh, that's not me. I'm I'm so the more I realize that, the more comfortable I am on stage. Yeah. Just and I just be myself and you know this is this is all I got. To, but what we're putting everything into the music instead. And yeah, yeah. Hopefully that'll, that'll. I would love to see a sick mule kick from you just one day on stage. Just a quick pivot and a mule kick. Pow but, pow. But my hammies, my hammies, <laughs> shippers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to go back a little bit, I'm so, gonna do that though. Next, okay. next time you come out, okay. To next time I'm there, I'm gonna be waiting it's for gonna, the meal. I'm gonna kick. call it the Julian Dion kick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just put like a music stand up there that you're just for kicking. That you like, don't put anything on it's it. Just, just the object. Yeah, yeah just uh-huh. the thing, and mm-hmm. just take it down, or just a box or something. A couple boxes piled up. Right, that, right. Maybe put boxes and paint them paint like them amps. like they're heavy, he- something heavy. Yes. Yeah, like a big uh-huh. amp or something, mm-hmm. and just right. meal kick the fuck out of it. That's a friggin' good idea. <laughs> I got to get out of my box. <laughs> um, so just to quickly touch back, because I'm fascinated by the the process of of converting from you know strictly covers to then covers and originals to then just doing originals, yeah. and and that's a pretty cool thing because not a lot of people can get there. Mm-hmm. When you're at the point where you're sandwiching original songs in between covers, do you notice a difference between the covers, energy-wise, in the audience between the covers and the originals? Like all of a sudden, someone, everyone's dancing to Black, Ma- Black right, Magic right, Woman. Right. Then you throw an original. <clears throat> do they sit down? Do they kind of, or do they listen, or are they with you at that point? Like, what's that process like? And you, are you noticing it on stage? Are you aware? Like, oh, there was a shift. Uh, you can mm-hmm. tell they're not familiar with this song yet. Well, that's a good question. Uh, for the most part, I think I've been very fortunate in, in having great support from uh, friends and family that come out to shows. And and so there isn't that much of a shift. It, it, certainly with a new crowd or if, uh, if if friends and family aren't there, that, mm-hmm. that can happen. But at the same time, because of the higher energy of the original tunes, the, it, just the fact that you're trying that bit more and, and that you're happy and proud of the song it gives the, they have a bit more of a boost so it kind of uh compensates for for that lack yeah. of uh you make up for it in your energy that exactly. you're putting out right yes yeah yeah because it's not all of us on autopilot mode people and people exactly. can tell that they can they can sense yeah it. yeah for yeah. sure it, it's so true and and, it, and it's amazing as you say what people can sense and and uh, you have to be very cognizant of that on stage so you may have a set list very often we don't but if you're lucky enough to prepared a set list 
you sometimes deviate it, deviate from it because of the energy in the For room sure. or, or what's happening in the room. And so you, you may see, have a slow song coming up and you're like, no, 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 we're not going to be doing that. One. Yeah. We'll lose them or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, how do you go about now without a set list? That's interesting. Oh, seat of the pants. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah, not so fun. Does I, that keep I, you on your toes? Oh, it keeps you on your toes way too much. Yes. Yeah, do you yeah. not like doing that or you rather be prepared with a set I'd list? I'd rather be prepared, but, uh, just, I don't know, for some reason, what happens that you don't have a set list? Is I it don't just know, procrastination? Julian, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm interested because I, I do that. I haven't written a set list comedy-wise. And every time that I do, like in years, and every time I do write one, I go, oh my God, I have to do this every time. Uh, so so this most recent show, we just played on Friday, and, yeah. and I wrote the set. The show was Friday. I wrote a set list out on Wednesday, and I think I told all the guys in the band two or three times, hey, I got a set list. I got a set list. <laughs> I was quite proud of, of the fact that I did, and uh, and it takes a lot of pressure off. It, it, I had it's, I had worked at it, right? You know, I had gone through the songs rather than just write out songs. I had actually played through them to you see how they it. all yeah. p- played together, the tempo, the key, the rhythm, all that. Yeah, and uh, so it, it was. Well, we're going to use that exact set list from now on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it it is kind of twofold. There's like a, a it's like. You can have a set list. It takes the pressure off, and you're kind of a little more present and in the room. That's right. Because you don't yeah. have to. You're not thinking. Go, what well, the fuck are we doing next? I'm in the middle of this song. I'm already trying to think of what the next song is. That's right. No fun. Yeah. But there's also something that happens without a set list, where you kind of have that little nervous energy, which is also mm-hmm. kind of good. it can yes. be good. You yeah. know. Yeah. Because then it just creates certain magic moments. That's true. Not yeah. to say that they don't happen when you have a set list, but it does have that that thing. As I go through it all the time with comedy, I. Excuse me, I never have, almost never, set lists. I just go up, and Jen can't believe it. She goes, you don't have a set list? Are you insane? I'm like, I'll just figure it out, find mm-hmm. the funny. Right. I mean, it's, I'm still doing stuff that I've known, uh, that I've written and yes, stuff. I'm not yeah. just improvising my whole set. Right. But what I'm doing at which point is I improvised. see your point, and, and that's true. That does happen. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, when you don't have one, um, it can be magical. Yeah. Yeah. But then every time I do one, I go, I have to remember this feeling because yeah, I'm way more relaxed before more a show. More relaxed. Yeah, it's safe. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's before a, a show, if I don't have a set list, I'm a complete wreck. If I have a set list, it's like 180. I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. fine. I'm a little more relaxed. But again, there's something with that nervous energy. Sometimes do you find that if you prepare too much, you go, well, I'm too prepared. This is going to be a disaster. No. No? Okay, that's, that's just my neuroses. <laughs> I'm like neurotic to that point where I go, I've prepared too much. I'm not that nervous. I'm, something's going to happen. It's oh, almost like wow. I find that if the conditions aren't perfect, it's better every time. Right. If everything's perfect, if I'm well rested and I feel great and I'm prepared, there's almost something. I don't know. It's, it's obviously superstition because that does not make sense on paper. Right. But if I'm like... A little bit off if I have a, I'm fighting a cold or I'm tired mm. or you know I'm a little unprepared. It's like somehow you have to bring more to it. It's almost like I'd heard someone say that if you're a little bit off, if something's not quite right, you're focusing on that thing, and then it takes away from the focus of the show, so you don't have time to be nervous about right, it too right, much. Right. Like if I'm sick, for example, I'm like, <clears throat> oh fuck, I have the flu, whatever. I have the show, but I'm just thinking of the flu. I'm not even thinking of the show. And right. then it, when you go up there, it just kind of all happens. It, it's absolutely amazing how how things could be weighing on you like a cold or 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 uh, you got a sore tummy or you got to go for a pee or something. And they're gone that. when you get on stage. It's gone. It's it's disappeared. Um, 
there's another level that overtakes you and for sure and, and all those little physiological things are gone uh, and it's an it's so funny you thing. say that because i was just gonna say if you have to have a pee before stage you go up you don't even need to go when you're done necessarily no just two like, hours later yeah. i'm like shit i had i had to yeah. go for a pee before i got <laughs> yeah, on stage yeah. and it's been it's three hours ago and yeah, it, it actually happens it, it's a real thing do yeah. you think that's adrenaline what like what is what is it do you think you sweat out the pee what happens i it's just reaching that higher level of getting on the right. stage and uh, just being. It's everything's focused, I guess. Uh, it's I, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, but it's a true phenomenon. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, it's weird. You know, you could have a tickly throat and you're uh, you're obsessed with oh, I'm gonna fuck this show up. I just can't sing today, yeah, uh, yeah. and and then it's gone. And then the next day you can't talk. But yeah. the, the build up is horrendous. The shows, the the anticipation is mm-hmm. like. I don't know if you're like me. I'm just dread all day. I'm like, fuck this show. Fuck. Why do I do this? Uh, yeah, what have exactly. I done? Why do I do this? <laughs> you think about it. You think about it in the morning. You go, oh my God, these people are getting ready tonight. They've got babysitters to come exactly. watch me it's and my It's a lot of responsibility. Play, play yeah. music and uh-huh. you have to entertain them. That's right. If you're just phoning in or in autopilot mode, they're going to know. And then they, they're going to pay cover. And if you think about it too much, you're going nuts. You're like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? I'd rather work in an office where it's not anxiety all the time. Right, right. Just like pure. Because <laughs> what we do in show business, it's such an anxiety-driven thing. It's it just really is. constant anxiety. I liken it to, I, I've said this before, going to the quarry. In my youth, we'd go to quarries a lot with the high cliffs. And, and everyone's standing around. And when you get to the edge of the quarry with the intent of jumping or diving off, yeah you're at that point of no return right everyone's standing around if you don't do it you're you're a total wuss right yeah and that's when i'm nervous or anxious about going on stage i always put that in my head you know here you are you're at the edge of the cliff that's you gotta jump dude so just do it and uh, just jump do your best and try not to belly flop and yeah uh, and it, it actually works for me but there is certainly anxiety i wouldn't say nervousness so much anymore right mostly because the band uh, with with these guys are just so pro that uh, yeah. I feel supported. That's good. But but certainly that anxiety uh, before going on stage. For sure, is it's there just that weird thing. And then as soon as you hit the stage, it's gone. Well, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm a fairly shy guy, and mm-hmm. and to get up in a stage under the under lights and scrutiny and just try to be as cool as possible and sing the songs that you wrote in your kitchen while you know. It's it's tough to do. It's, it's a tough, tough, tough thing. And you yeah. say, why in the heck? I'm, I'm an introvert. Why am I doing this? But yeah. the music, the riff, the comic, uh, it's in you and you have to share it. You know, you, have you to, feel yeah. that you have to share this thing. For and, sure. And so you do. It's like anytime I hear people say, I only take shits at home. I don't shit in public. I'm like, well, then you're not doing like performance or anything. Right, right. I've shot in every dive bar, <laughs> like a disgusting. Does music make you regular? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. For, for me in comedy, I don't know. It's like before every show, I'm like, oh my God. Like, it, I could not eat for a week. And week, before yeah. a show, I would have the biggest. <laughs> wow. Like, See, just, this is in fight, insightful stuff. Here, there you uh, go. Yeah, no. Well, I can't. Like, no. Yeah. That no. doesn't happen to me. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I've gone I've gone to into the worst bathrooms ever that you could and the train place, spotting bathroom. Oh, uh, pretty much like places yeah. you'd never want to go because there's people like you know when you go to like a club and there's like so many people you guys could never take shit here because it's like too, no I've done it. I'm like you can't I can't, like <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. So well, did, uh, I'm I'm glad that you're sharing this so. Hey, I'm an open book. That's what right. I say. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no shame. 
Right. If you right. don't want to listen, don't listen. It doesn't matter. But if <laughs> I like to think people relate to just authentic, like open. Absolutely, of course. Like we we all shit, right? Yeah, we all shit. Everybody. Yeah. And if you yeah. don't shit, I want to hear from you. Email yeah. me yeah. pod at jdcomedyhour.com. <laughs> we'll, we'll I want to interview you. Feature, feature <laughs> yeah. on yeah. the non shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How do you not shit? Are you like a Ken doll down there? Is this all smooth? <laughs> There's uh, no wee hole. Yeah, yeah. I just sweat it out. I just oh, sweat geez. out the shits. Oh, yeah. That would reek. Um, uh-huh. You go for a run, it just reek like shit. All right. The, uh, so you go from Cornwall to then Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and what were you doing in Ottawa? What was I doing? Oh, uh, I, I got a great job, actually, uh, with the senior citizens co-op. I was doing maintenance uh, oh, yeah? in the apartment building. I was oh, there cool. for 25 years. But wow. I didn't stay in Ottawa. I just commuted. You eventually moved to Wakefield. I moved to Kempville first, out in the boonies. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Out in the woods. South, a little south. Yes, that's right. Off the 416. Mm-hmm. And uh, then our band, uh, Seed Hill Road, was performing here in Wakefield at the cafe and uh, also at the Canada Days. And and I got into camping up here. Uh, I was always camping at Algonquin before that, but our, my friend Tim Yechuk uh, mentioned the camping north of here at the Poggin Dam launch your canoe pick an island and uh it's all yours free and i've no, never no been rules. up there is it really nice oh it's gorgeous yeah. but the the appeal is the no rule like algonquin now is so expensive to camp mm-hmm. even even the interior camping uh you're looking at 25 dollars a day type thing yeah whereas here it's just all free there's no rules there's no park rangers there's uh and aesthetically gorgeous beautiful and it's half an hour away from from where we are now but so even from Kentville, I was going camping up there, playing at the cafe, and uh, the more I hung out at cafe and played open stages, et cetera, and got to know the community, I was just drawn in. And my daughter was 15 at the time, and the two of us moved up the road here, just on the river road. Oh, yeah, on and this side of it? Like yeah. Uh, yeah, or yeah I'm just directly north from here. Yeah. Oh, cool. oh, and you're still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. And uh, wh- what? how long ago was that where you started playing? Ten years. Ten years? No, that I moved. I moved into this house uh, ten years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you were playing open stage and stuff and doing shows before, before that? Before yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, even the Canada Day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so our, our friend Tim Yechuk, who was in Seed Hill Road at the time, uh, right. he was the... He lived here at the time, and oh, cool. he was the one that uh, brought us up here. Yeah, it just kind of draws you in, and, and people mm-hmm. are so accepting. Like, I'm sure Louis was... was uh, Louis was... Uh, uh, I'm sh- uh, you know, I was wondering, before coming on this show, your Wakefield sessions, if Louis would be mentioned on every single broadcast. So far, he has been 100%, all yeah. of them... Has been mentioned it's on. A very telling uh, his his role in the community as a musician, as a person, uh, as a counselor, uh, uh, as the father of two beautiful sons. You mm-hmm. know, it just he's a just he looms large in the village. And yes, uh, he he took me under his wing uh, as he has for many people and encouraged me on the open stage. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of locals that are listening to Wakefield sessions. If you listen to all the episodes, everybody mentions Louis. Mm-hmm. And for non-locals, they're probably like, who is this Louie guy that everybody keeps talking about? And uh, yeah, he was just the best. And without a doubt, if he was with us, he'd be he'd be sitting here doing this this for sure. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess he'd be rolling a smoke and uh, yeah. you'd, you'd be hearing him puffing oh, and coughing. I miss him. <clears throat> He's such a great guy. Actually, the last, I guess his last public appearance was at our show at the Ibu two, uh, right. two years ago this month, September. Right, right. Two years ago, we did a mm-hmm. show at the Ibu and he came out 
And at that point, his COPD was pretty, pretty pronounced, like yeah. acute. He yeah. was having a hard time breathing. Absolutely, yeah. Told us a couple jokes after we stayed with him. We sat there. Actually, I addressed him from the stage. Uh, for, as soon as I started the show, I said, right. unofficial mayor of Wakefield, Louis Romper, right. is in the room. Right. Everybody gave him a big ovation because at that point, he wasn't really coming out much. Mm-hmm. And um, talked to him after for like a good hour. We sat with him. Everybody had kind of left and he was telling jokes and he was... <sighs> Doing the breathing thing, yeah, scary. So yeah. often, and then at that point, he was number 147 on the right. uh, donor list mm-hmm. for for a double lung transplant, and it seemed like it would be a long time before he would get the chance yeah, to to have a surgery. Same, seemed hopeless. Yeah. yeah, it seemed hopeless, and he said, "You got to give me a joke. I can tell the surgeon when this happens or whatever." We gave him a street joke, and. And he was such a good laugher, even at that stage where yeah. he had a hard time physically actually laughing. He right. was laughing his head off nonstop. And uh, and then lo and behold, he was 147 on the list. And lo and behold, like a week or two later, we get the news. Oh, he's going in. He, right. This is right. it. He's doing the thing. And then, of mm-hmm. course, we know how that, that awful, right. awful uh, horrific, you know, how it turned out. And yeah. uh, unfortunately... Um, the community and the people around here and his sons and everybody else and lost a, you know, a, we're left with a, a big uh, hole to fill. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. But I think by talking about him all the time and like you said, everybody, like literally everybody that's been at this table has mm-hmm. talked about him. I think it's doing his his legacy justice because he was Absolutely, yeah. that kind of person that would just have an impact on everybody. And you can hardly define it. Uh, he's yeah. so unassuming, you know, you, you know, he... But there was something about him that just fit into everyone's life in some way. Everyone's got a Louis story. I'm quite, yep. quite sure. Yeah. I remember him telling telling me that uh, we were thinking of moving from Toronto. He goes, oh, you'll start wearing colors again. He said, people move here from Toronto. They're wearing all black all the time. And then a couple of weeks go by. Then all of a sudden, they're wearing colors again. Oh, like, my. That's interesting. So true. And look <laughs> yeah. at you right now. Yeah. Could, you, could you be more plaid? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is in honor of Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I get dressed every morning, I think, right? What color can I wear for Louis? We have a there's there's a video on YouTube. Uh, it, it was as you describe. He he was. We were doing the opening of the community center, and uh, Doug MacArthur and I had put together the CD of local musicians. Uh, we just made a compilation CD and burnt uh, whatever five hundred copies, and we were selling those the proceeds towards the community center. This was prior to their opening, and so as a result, when they opened the place, uh, they they we put on the show of the variety of musicians. So it was all local folk, and Louis was emceeing it, and and it's just as you say, he was hardly he could hardly uh, uh, backstage and then the side of the stage, uh, he was hardly holding on. I'm like, mm-hmm. I was worried about him. He was sweating, etc. And then he got on the podium, and you'd never know he was such a pro. Right? You know, oh, he yeah. just he just pulled it off and. When I see that video now on YouTube, it I, I I always think of that moment in his struggle and and just what a great guy he is. Yeah, I always welcomed everybody and anybody with open arms. Absolutely, and, and, yeah. uh, non non judgmental, non judgmental, but passionate about the village. You know, he for ran, sure. ran for councillor yeah. and just landslide, of course. Yeah. yeah, and and that was I know that was tough for him because he really wanted to try to do what was right for the village and appease everyone in the village, and it's a tough but place to be in but i think he did it extremely well and yeah uh, and that just another thing that he did so well mm-hmm. you're not religious but are you spiritual um i don't know i i don't know about it spiritual i'm uh i would say emotional mm-hmm. i 
moral. I I love people. Like, love is there any part of you because we're talking about Louis? Is there any part of you that thinks that his energy maybe might be aware that we're talking about him or something like that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yes, I do. And you know, it's it's funny you say that because recently I came across uh, the label for his candle. Anytime Louis showed up at my house, and I'm sure anyone's house. He had a handful of candles, his homemade yeah, candles. Yeah, he, he was a candle maker. And so I have his candles draped uh, over a, a, a candle holder on the side of the wall, and they're not going to be burned anymore. Yeah. I, these are to be saved. But I came across the label for his candles just recently and uh, in, a, in, in my drawer that I decided to tidy up. And uh, I stuck it on the wall, and I had a moment with Louis while I was doing it, and uh, and I thought to myself, you felt him, and I felt that Louis yeah. there, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. There's something about Louis that's still around, and, and yeah. always will be. Well, I mentioned it because I kind of feel that right now as we're talking about him, because he would love this. He loved people. He loved he's, comedy. He yeah. was such a he was mm-hmm. such a jokester. Oh yeah, because he knew Jen and I were comics, obviously, and and uh, actually Jen has vowed to never perform uh on a wednesday at the open mic because he asked for years and years could you get up there could you get up there and she was like well it's different it's hard you know as a comic to connect especially in the summer because you got the patio and oh it's loud it's loud loud and and so he but every wednesday he would ask every time we were there could you get you go want to get up and uh so jen has vowed she's like now that he's not here i can never say yes i'm just (laughs) just gonna i'm not on a wednesday if there's another night maybe at the cafe but just as an um because she never said yes to louis she'll never say yes to anybody else she's just like just to honor that that her initial kind of reasons for not doing it Mm-hmm. because it is hard uh, as a comic to try right. to connect to an audience, especially like that, where it's kind of like, you know... It's so raucous in there. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Evenings, yeah. It would be very hard, even though they do listen. Like, when somebody goes up with a short story or, or a poem or something, yeah. they, they do kind of listen, mm-hmm. but um, but she just has this thing where she's like, I j- for, na- for forever now, I can't do it. I won't do it just as a thing. Like, just as a thing, because she'd feel like... She said no to Louis so many times, and then she wouldn't want to like, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Even you know, there there are singer songwriters in our community who find it very daunting playing the open stage because mm. it, it is very daunting. It's a, uh, it, it's a supportive crowd, but it's also a tough crowd too. It's a yeah. it's a party, right? It's a party, and you're being supported and loved and et cetera. But uh, it's not like you're playing in front of a captive audience. It's, for sure, for sure. So it's a little daunting. In Do you find respect. that hard as a musician when when you're more or less background noise? Uh, yeah, sometimes. But on the other hand, just this past Friday, we we played in a church in Renfrew, Dean Batstone's church, and it was deadly quiet and deadly quiet between songs. So normally. It, it, as a band, between songs, the crowd takes the opportunity to catch up, uh, you know, yeah. uh, ordering drinks or whatever. There's a, a rise in... Or they talk about the song, or the just song. happened yeah. or whatever. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so during that time, the band has a little moment to catch up with each other as well. And, and uh, in this case, we were under total scrutiny. We couldn't even whisper on stage. The acoustics were so great Is that, that, right? that it would just travel through the... Yeah. So... The, the the moments between songs where normally you take a little breather type thing weren't there. So you, we were on the whole time, and, and that was rather daunting. It, it was gratifying, mm-hmm. intensely gratifying that people were there to listen. Well, you know that at that point, they're with you, like, all oh, of the way. Yeah, and they so were. They yeah. really were. Uh, yeah, it was a 
it, it was very gratifying to 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 play in a venue like that where it's total listening. One hundred percent. As a comedian, for me, that it's not even the, the laughs aren't the best part. That silence in between is even right. better. Yeah. When you're performing in a comedy club and there's two hundred and fifty people and it's packed, and you're in you're at the setup of a bit and it's so quiet. That's the that's the Beauty. that's you, the rub right there. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you man. got a responsibility. You, you know, yeah. You know, there everybody in there is with you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying a word, and if someone does, it'll disrupt. People will be like, sh- sh- like, shut up. You they know get what I the mean? hairy eyeball. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And that's I learned because I learned to like that because before the silence was completely terrifying, but now I like it. I'll actually consciously find myself thinking, this is pretty fucking cool right now. There's not a sound. The staff, everyone's just kind of watching. There's no one doing anything. I'm really trying to school myself into enjoying those moments. Just just telling myself, hang on a sec here. Take a little moment. Yeah. Would, would you check this out? Like exactly. where you are right now and because what, what you're doing? As a performer, you kind of, your default is to be scared of the silence. Yeah. Even as a musician, as a whatever, as soon as it's too quiet, you go, I got to fill this with a, dead a note air. or something. Yeah. We can't have dead air. But it's attention. It's all eyes on you and people mm-hmm. are really into it. And when it's quiet like that, there's yeah. no other, there's no other alternative. Uh, there's, there's no other option. They're just with you. And, and it's, as you say, it, uh, said earlier, they're knowledgeable too, and they can spot a faker or they someone who's it. doing something that's not uh, natural to them. And, yeah. and so... The more you have confidence in yourself and what you're doing, the, the, the better that's going to, to appear to the crowd. And one thousand percent, got to keep that in mind. It's it's such a tough thing to do, but. And um, so now you're in Wakefield, mm-hmm. living it, doing it, yeah, playing gigs. Mm-hmm. What's what's next? Do you envision yourself leaving here at any point, or do you think this is it? This is home. No, this is yeah, it's definitely home for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's so many beautiful people here. I'm fortunate also, often when there's bands touring or coming through uh, Wakefield from one end of Canada to another, I guess uh, I, I, I worked at the door at the cafe for years and I did the Sunday show, so I was fortunate to meet a lot of musicians and very often I welcome them to my house. I like having, you know, guys, folks, bands staying over and it's it's such a pleasure to introduce people to uh not only the community of Wakefield, but the aesthetic beauty that surrounds us, the That's river right. and the hills and the, our houses. And uh, every driveway in, that you'll visit in Wakefield uh, is different. You know, the driveway, the yard, the, the house, the, where it's sitting on the hill. And it's, it's amazing. There's no cookie cutter here, is there? You know, it's just an amazing thing. It's not a suburb. It's the same There's distance no as suburb. a suburb, but it's like... That's it. But, you know, you're going to visit someone, no one's around the corner, it's always yeah. a, you know, a five or ten or fifteen minute drive, but yeah. then it's just so worth it, everything's like this hidden gem in the woods, and and uh, I just absolutely love uh, introducing our village and the people to to uh, Wakefield and, and, and the hills and the, the river especially, it's a healing, beautiful river. That's what I found interviewing people from here. That's the first, that's the number one, like the predominant trait is people are just proud. There's so much pride from oh, yeah. here because mm. people that live here get it. They live here for a reason. <clears throat> Not a lot of people are necessarily from here. No. Actually, I haven't interviewed anybody that was from here yet. Right, yeah. And they're, they're all just implants and, uh, implants? Imports. Imports. <laughs> <laughs> or implants. I want to Oiled up implants. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we have to come for, full right, circle. No, we're, we're not finished with that yet, <laughs> yes. But, uh. That would actually probably get a, a bunch of views if I got like oily implants and chopped wood, but Man, still with a dick. the hits on that, yeah. 
Um, but that's and then people... you could get the dumper crowd too if you really want to go extreme. But... <laughs> uh, just go. Would you look at that coiler for yeah. God's sakes? <laughs> you gotta get. You gotta capitalize and use every, all of your tools, right? all your assets. Yeah, yes, that's right. Uh huh. But yeah, that's what I found. People here, they're so proud because obviously people again that move here get it. They that, move here for a reason. There's you, there's that intangible thing, Julian. It's it's so so true that uh, I see people move in. We all see people move in and people come to the bar and bars in a smaller sense and communities in a larger sense have a way of drumming people out if they're undesirable you know you're not going to be accepted but Wakefield really accepts everyone's Mm -hmm. quirkiness their anomalies their weirdness that's perfectly fine you can be as weird as possible as you want to be but you still have to have some innate coolness and goodness and the moral fiber to you and uh the people who move here get it. The people who move here and stay get it. There's many people that come and they might last a year or two years and then they're gone. Good point, yeah. But the people who stay and put down their roots here, uh, even though we have no family, I have no family here, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure it's the case for many other people that we're here on our own, but we have that community to back us. And uh, yeah. And I, I really find that that is the case here in Wakefield. Well, yeah. here, let's uh, cheers to that. Cheers. cheers to Wakefield. Cheers yeah. to Louis. Yes. Cheers to you, brother. Cheers to you. All right, I could actually talk to you forever. Uh, we do have to go for the close, but uh, do you want to play us out? Do you want to play a little something, something? Well, uh, thanks so much for having me on the show, Julian. I really enjoyed it. It's a tune about uh, gossiping, as we've been doing for the last hour or so. Uh, I guess because we're plugged into the community, we want to be involved and know what's happening with our friends and family, etc. It's a tune called Everyone's Talking. Might have been a witness, but not this time. When bad things happen, turn Said to be a lady, some say a friend, might have been a lover, maybe loves her still, might have been a lover, everyone's talking, talking, might have been a lover, maybe loves her still. Known as a drunkard At it all the time His sweet old lady Cares for everything She lay dying And the word got out Town came calling No one felt a thing Town came calling came calling no one felt a thing 
wants to be a singer but he's never on time invites his friends though no one ever shows and once a week at the open stage he sings his songs while no one hears a thing he sings his songs while God, beautiful. Just beautiful. That was uh, thank awesome. You. Appreciate that. Thank you. That was so good. I felt like I uh, completely got lost. Uh, I had my eyes closed and uh, forgot we were doing a podcast. Well, aren't we a little bit drunk right now? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell people. Anyways, we're getting oiled up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, while oiled and lubed, we can go <laughs> chop some wood shirtless. Um, yeah, we... People don't need to know what time we're recording this. This comes out tomorrow. Well, today, I mean. Those aren't the morning birds out that's there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you feel? Do you want to do another? What do you think? Well, it's totally up to you. Oh, fuck. I want you to. Do if we have time? Time. We, we have, have nothing. Time. This nothing is the internet. Time. We have nothing but internet. time. It's this concept. Yes, I've heard yeah. of it. All right. Yeah. yeah, sure. I can do another tune. The World Wide Web. 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 Interweb, as I like to call it. Well, we were talking earlier about uh, some songs that are crafted and some that just kind of pop out and some that are narratives and some that have a narrative that you may or may not uh, understand. Well, this one is pretty straightforward narrative about a houseplant I have. It's a gigantic plant. The, the plant is called a monstera. And it hangs up and it sits on the edge of the loft in my living room and cascades down the wall and uh, really is a big uh, big part of the living room and, and my house. And so it's so much so that she's been dubbed Big Sally and Big Sally has a personality like you wouldn't believe, um, I guess in, in some respects, a benevolent personality. But uh, she needs care, and you know, she's like a cat or a dog. If you leave home, someone's got to take care of Big Sally. So this is a tune, uh, crying out, calling out, reaching out for someone who might take care of Big Sally. Won't you water Big old Sally when I'm gone? She don't take to drinking alone. Sit for a while if you're able. I will leave a fresh bottle on the table Say hello to my sweet pea when I'm away She needs loving every other day And if you should get caught up in her vine I'll thank you to remember she is mine I've been traveling on the road won't you care for my garden? I've been dreaming of sweet rosemary 
tangled up in creeping time And keeping secrets from my English Ivy When I get back, things are getting lively Working on a plan to surprise her I'm bringing home a load of fertilizer I've been traveling on the road Won't you care for my garden? I've been dreaming of sweet rosemary Tangled up in creeping time I've been traveling on the road Won't you care for my garden? I've been dreaming of sweet rosemary Tangled up in creeping time Won't you water the old Sally when I'm gone? She don't take to drinking alone Sit for a while if you're able I will leave a fresh bottle on the table A Mickey of five star right there on the table Five star is about the gut rottiest Canadian blended whiskey <laughs> you ever did devise But they had these cool stars on the bottles back in the day That you could take you off and stick on to things Right and when the you're dash of your car. When you're taking care of old Sally, that's all that matters. That's I, right. That's probably the only houseplant song up there. Well, it's uh, you, you try to put fertilizer in a song. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of craft into uh, that. There is. There <laughs> Anyways, is. it comes full circle right back to the coiler fertilizer. Yes, right so. back to it, full circle. <laughs> Paul Hamsey, thank you so much, man. That You were fantastic. Your your music is fantastic and Thanks beautiful, so and uh, you're a talented motherfucker. Well, we're so glad that you are now part of our Wakefield community. You're locked Thank in. You. You're not going anywhere. I can see by your house here that you are locked in. Yeah, we're we're locked in. We're we're in deep. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, websites, shows, anything like that? None of that. We're okay. not plugging anything. You can check out our music site at Tractor Music on uh, Facebook. It's all one word, Tractor Music. If you want to check that out. Yeah, go to that page because you can find some uh, music and some upcoming shows and all that. That's the Tractor Music All One Word Facebook page. Paul Hamsey has been my guest today for Wakefield Sessions. Thank you so much, good sir. You were great. And uh, until next time. Let's crack a beer, man. Watch your head. Love you, brother. Love you. It's such a beautiful waste of time. A waste of time. A beautiful waste of time A waste of time there it is another one in the books thanks to my guest Paul Hamsey and thanks to you for listening always I appreciate it Wakefield Sessions continues tomorrow with Jill Rick Wakefield's own Jill Rick and then we've got Phil Jenkins on Friday and we start week three on Monday so thanks a lot remember to email the show pod at jdcomedyhour.com like the Facebook page Facebook slash JD Comedy Hour. Like on it or follow on Instagram and Twitter at JD Comedy Hour. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. You do you. And as always, watch your head.
eyes and itchy feet I'm just a thin, nervous shadow Walking backwards down a street The landing's bitter But the following is oh so sweet It's just a waste of time A beautiful waste of time It's just a waste of time on that so try, try not to fuck that up okay. <laughs> oh shit now i'm nervous <laughs> it's a big responsibility here man <laughs> this is this is your volume right so you can go up and down whatever you want that's in the cans right there check check mm-hmm. and you kind of have to eat the mic i mean get oh, okay. as comfortable as possible just because we're not in a soundproof booth i don't uh, crank the gain up all the way okay and uh maybe i should open a beer now do it yeah so it's not so uh 
Oh, that just adds to the charm. Does it? <laughs> Here's one. Oh, thank you. Oh, man. Nothing like a cold one on a Monday, Monday morning. <laughs> All right, and here we are. And that, of course, you just heard.